It's time for a new adventure. Welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Business. This is your co-host, Amy Zander with CD Media. Welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Business. This is your co-host, Amy Zander with ZD Media. And of course, I'm with the lovely Lisa Fisher. How are you doing, Lisa? Doing great, Amy. Love the hat. I love the fashion statement. Yeah. For those of you that can see on the YouTube channel, she's got this amazing hat on. <laughs> well, I often wear this hat for, you know, when I do my mobsters of marketing stuff with my tailored suit. But because we have such a fun two guests here today with groovy donuts, I thought I'm going to wear my groovy hat, right? So Very yeah, groovy. absolutely. Yeah. So we have Andrew and Monica, the owners of Groovy Donuts with us today. Thank yeah. you for having us. Yeah, Absolutely. So before we get into what you do and what you're all about, we talk, we usually chat a little bit about what we've been doing around town. So um, most recently I took in a show at um, Urban Beat down in uh, Old Town. I saw a local band called Jackalope. That was really cool. That was a fun show. And that's a nice kind of more intimate setting at Urban Beat. It's not a real large venue, but the acoustics are really good. And I've seen some good shows there. What was the genre? Kind of just like classic rock kind of stuff. It was fun. Oh. They did some Christmas stuff because it was like right before the holidays. So yeah, it was really fun. Very cool. Yeah. I discovered this amazing little place called Hebrew Tabletop Game Lounge. It's in Grand Ledge. They have the upstairs of a restaurant. I don't remember the restaurant name. It's Ember and something because it's new. There's a lot of development going on down there. A lot of new places coming in. But it was just so fun because you can come in and play games. They have certain nights that could be just euchre. If you want to come and play euchre, some of those board games that take eight to 10 hours and they have mm-hmm. spirits and drinks and you can bring in small snacks, you know, not a lot, but it's, yeah. it was a really neat place. Really do, neat. Do they have a referee on hand in case like people get really upset mm. with like, Monopoly and stuff? That was always like me and my brothers always <laughs> fought. Like the board would go flying at some point over Monopoly. Always. Mm. <laughs> always fought about that. Well, <laughs> maybe that's your second calling, refereeing the game table. <laughs> there, there you go. There you I go. love it. I love it. What about you guys? Have you done anything cool lately? Sure. Yeah. One thing we really had a great time with is uh, we met a couple of friends of ours at the Lansing Shuffle. And, and I think all of us ate at different restaurants there, which yep. is a wonderful thing to be able to do mm-hmm. and then join up at the same table and enjoy each other's company. Yeah. It's, it's a really great spot. Yeah. yeah. And then we went to the uh, Oldsmobile Museum there in downtown, which was really great. Got to see the history and some beautiful cars. And it was just a great experience. Nice. Love yeah, it. Don't forget, we went down and saw the Christmas tree at, oh, yeah. at the Capitol. Oh, and got, got our annual photo. Yes. Nice. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. Actually, where Andrew actually gave me my uh, engagement ring after oh. he proposed uh, elsewhere, but actually gave me the physical ring there. in front of the tree. Oh, so that's being, a nice memory. Uh, so I had a custom done at Sweet Custom Jewelry, actually. Yep. Mm-hmm. I took Beautiful my great grandmother's ring and had it reformed into something more suitable to her. and. They didn't have it done in time for me to actually propose. So I had to uh, do something else on the spot. And we (laughs) we had the actual ring later on. That's a great story. I love that. That is a fun story. You know, when you said do something to make shift, right? So remember when pop cans used to have that tab that you'd pull (laughs) up. Thank goodness they don't do that anymore. (laughs) We've upgraded. (laughs) Excellent. Well, so many fun things to do in the Lansing area. And one of the other fun things to do is visiting your favorite donut shop. So today <laughs> we have Andrew and Monica Gutier. 
Gautier. Gautier. Um, they are the founders of Groovy Donuts. It's an award-winning donut and locally roasted coffee shop in East Lansing in Williamston. So brief introduction, but tell us more. What, tell us about who you are and about Groovy Donuts. We'll start with you, Andrew. Sure. I came up with the idea back in February of 2015. I had always considered doing something like a, a bakery cafe kind of thing. Wasn't really sure how to approach it. I'd actually just gotten back from uh, working on Wall Street for a couple of years and you know, wasn't sure how to move forward with my career. So working in the financial uh, services industry. And at lunch one day, the person I was eating with said, hey, let's go get a coffee and donut. And aside from the chain shops and QD, which is, you know, more of a, a convenience store than a donut shop where you can sit down and have a cup of coffee, there wasn't anything in town. And that just got the gears turning. And I had a full business plan put together and I was on the hunt for locations within a couple of weeks of that moment. Yes. Wow. He came up to me and asked me, what do you think about this crazy idea? And I said, you know, do what you want. That's, that's great. And he just went off running. Yeah. So when you, when you thought about that idea, like you said, in the next couple of weeks, you were looking at stuff, did you just, were you thinking about it constantly? Was it keeping you up at night? Were you excited about all the ideas? That's when you, yeah. Yeah. That's when you know you got a good idea when it keeps you up at night like that. Absolutely. And I would, you know, I would have to stop what I was doing and go write something down Mm -hmm. or, you know, I'd have these, like, I couldn't stop. I'm sure I annoyed the hell out of everybody around me. (laughs) Hey, what do you think about this? What about that? What if we did this or that? So it just was nonstop. And it was, that planning stage when you have those ideas and you start to run with it is so much fun because everything is a possibility. Yeah. Yes. Well, that and, and a lot of people feel like they need to give you advice and, and their thoughts too, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> You're like, that's cool, true. that's yeah. cool. All yeah. right. That never ends though. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That <laughs> is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. How did you find, you started looking for locations. Mm-hmm. Was East Lansing your first location? That was actually our second, second? one. We expanded to that. So Williamston was first? It yeah. was. And, you know, finding that location, it was a matter of trying to make it fit within our budget. You know, Mm -hmm. I put together some financials Mm -hmm. and figured I need to be able to make, you know, this amount of money to cover expenses for, you know, rent and so forth. And I wanted to find a place that it would be a a way to kind of get it off the ground without Mm -hmm. it, you know, having to have so much volume that it would be difficult to kind of keep up with that pace. That was kind of tricky at first because you don't really know what you're getting into. I'd never been in the food service industry. I, li- I love to cook at home, but it's a totally different ballgame. So there's a lot of factors that, you know, as much research as you can do and as many people as you can speak with to get their wisdom on these projects. Like when you're going in raw, like I did, it's kind of a shot in the dark. How much did your financial background have in helping you get this going? Essential. The Groovy Donuts would not exist without his background. I mean, not only for the startup, but also to get through COVID. It was was just such a, we would never have survived if he didn't have that background. He was so smart with every decision uh, that we made. And I certainly would not have been able to do that myself. So. I'll say I kind of did it backwards for most people in the restaurant or um, food service industry, which is that I had no commercial food service background, but I had the business and financial background. Right. Most people do it the exact opposite way. So it, it works uh, both ways. But I think mm-hmm. in that situation, I, I was told by the, the folks who actually lended us the, the um, startup loan 
they would not have given me the money if I didn't have the business background because I didn't have the food service background. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Monica, have you been involved in this from day one then? Yeah, it wasn't my intent to be as fully involved. Uh, Andrew is the founder. I am just a co-owner. But yeah, I was there the whole time, kind of just cheering him on in the beginning. He was bringing home donuts from all over the state to have me try. And then we'd go to the locations, we'd ask questions and we started practicing making donuts at home. And I was, I was working for the university at the time, uh, helping manage uh, different labs. And it it just kind of... As time went by, I had soft funding jobs. And at some point, they ran out of funding. They were going to split me up between four different labs for an undetermined amount of time. And uh, they were like, don't leave, don't leave. But uh, I I said, I think this is a sign. And Andrew was like, no, no, don't do this. (laughs) Don't do it. It's too scary. You know, too much of a risk. But I, I convinced them that it probably would be a good idea. So I was on board. Right before the opening, I helped him build out the last bit of uh, Williamston. And and then there we were. (laughs) Excellent. Labs is so generic. So what labs experience? How was your experience in the labs tied into what you're doing now? Yeah, so I worked in uh, fish labs. So I have a fisheries and wildlife degree, uh, fisheries biology uh, concentration. Uh, I actually had helped coordinate necropsies and different um, assays to test for different diseases and genetic uh, indicators uh, in a different lab. And I helped uh, mentor grad students, undergrads, uh, help postdocs with all their research and was involved in some incredible projects and really loved the work that I did and the people who I built relationships with at that time. It was, it was wonderful. I, I got a lot of experience with managing, really just managing. So it, that's my role as I'm the manager, the main manager. Obviously, Andrew does still help me with that, but uh, that's my main role. And the inventories and all that was a direct one-to-one, not, not a problem. The hardest thing was switching over to a different group of people to manage. You know, service industry was really... You know, it has a bad rap where, you know, the boss is evil and, you know, bad boss employees are good. We need to rally behind, you know, (laughs) behind the boss's back. And I really didn't want that as part of who we were. And so it took a a lot of convincing with Andrew to do it a very different way uh, at first. But then he really bought into, you know, yeah, let's let's 100 percent do it differently. And I mean, his values are the same as mine is which we treat people right. And so that part of it was easy. That part he was totally in, but it was just trying to figure out a way to manage in a way that treated people with respect. And now we have a wonderful team who are all in all the time, who stay with us for years. It's really incredible where we're at now. My first opportunity to speak with you was at the Small Business Association of Michigan's event up on um, Mackinac Island. And I remembered hearing the culture that you've created through how you're treating people. Just We were sitting at a table in a conversation and it was just very inspiring to hear about people that put others first. And when you do things like that, you're not struggling with the staffing that so many other, you know, food industries do at this time. So kudos to you for 
allowing her to branch out and yeah. <laughs> do it, do things differently, right? We, that's how we get to better is by doing things differently. I have yeah. a really important question yeah. for you. So with your fisher fishing and wildlife background, do you think that donuts make good bait when you're fishing? <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. And at least we'll attract the people who know where the fish are at. There you go. Okay. So you can have that conversation. <laughs> hey, you want a donut? So where'd you get all those fish? Right, right. <laughs> where the good spots? <laughs> Where's the good fishing hole? Right, right. There you go. All right. Uh, I love it. So as you started and continued to like, dive into donuts and you started cooking at home. So are you the main donut maker? I kind of started that way and we defined our, our roles within the bakery. You know, at, at one point, Monarch started taking on more of the like cake donut piece of things. I, yep. I rolled out the yeast donuts more in the fritters and uh, things just kind of went based on what we were each best at. And then mm-hmm. of course, because we did it more and more often, we continued getting better and better at those aspects of things. Yeah, it's pretty fun because we're experts at different areas in the kitchen. So when we started to build out a kitchen staff, we were able to, you know, divide it up and, and he trained some people in some things and I trained others in others areas and it really worked out pretty well. So what is your favorite donut that you... Oh boy. That really depends. Honestly, <laughs> I love the, I love the seasonal stuff and we try to make sure that we have a good, you know, rotation mm-hmm. depending on the, the time of year, the available ingredients, the holidays that we're experiencing. So that's a lot of fun for us. And when people ask me, I generally say whatever is in season is kind of my favorite thing mm-hmm. right now. Cause I like all of them. Yeah. I, uh, I would say we do a donut of the week and that's been something that we've done uh, since COVID to keep things a little more interesting for everyone and to get excited about while they were staying at home. And it's something that we love to do now. And so sometimes there's there's some donut of the weeks that are just, and we get to be really creative with those. But I still love our hand-cut blueberry, and I like to customize it with a fresh lemon glaze. We Ooh. will do those every now and then. And that's actually our wedding donut. That we- oh, <laughs> very cool. I love it. I love it. That is so fun. When you started on this journey, right, what were some of the struggles that you hit if you were, you know, thinking of other business owners and what we've got going on, starting from scratch, not even having any part of that, what were some things that you ran into? Yeah, I think some of the things that you don't really plan for, and it's going to be difficult to try to plan for these anyway, are the the issues with people in all aspects of it, whether it's customers employees, um, suppliers, everybody's human, right? So nothing's really going to go according to plan when you get people involved, including yourselves, you know, maybe you're having a rough day or you don't feel good or whatever, and everybody else has that going on. So the more people you have involved in your business, the more of those little things you kind of have to make adjustments for. And that's something that I think you just have to step back and take a moment and just be comfortable with everybody's human. Uh, Everybody's going to have those days. Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of build that into the plan and just allow a little more flexibility, not, you know, you can have a, a great plan and it's all mm-hmm. you know perfectly set up and it's, it might fall apart when one little link in the chain, mm-hmm. it doesn't quite connect. So it's one of those things that you just have to really just develop a comfort level with is that nothing's going to really go to plan right. mm-hmm. and you just have to embrace that and make adjustments as, as needed because 
that's, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, a business is like life as a little microcosm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you want to try to plan around that, just make always a backup plan. I have two backup plans for every plan. (laughs) And, and so when the first one falls, then maybe the second one will work and hopefully the third one works. And and that's, you know, that's how we get things done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've had a lot of background in the food service industry and used to own a a coffee shop and cafe. And I, I figure, I feel like every time I thought I had something figured out, it just Mm -hmm. wasn't. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, the last three weeks, everybody seemed to really want to come in here on Wednesday. So let's staff up on Wednesday and oh, then it gosh, would be like yeah. dead. I'm like, what, <laughs> what, what happened in the last three weeks? And yep. so you just can't, you, you know, and, and we've always said on the show too, though, being a business owner, you have to get really comfortable with uncertainty. Yes. Because you don't know your income from week to week, month to month, or just things that are going on. Like you said, when you have staff, they always have things come up and you just, you have to be one of those people that just goes with the flow and gets comfortable with not always having knowing everything that's coming around the corner. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you work for Michigan State University? Are you looking for solid retirement planning advice? Reach out to Dave and Nick, hosts of the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast and Certified Financial Advisors. They specialize in the unique benefit plans offered by MSU and how to capitalize on all you have available to you through your investments. Sure, you can glance at your package once a year and check some boxes, or you can make your money work for you. Find out if you're getting everything you could be with your MSU retirement plan by contacting Shotwell Rudder Bear Financial Planners at srbadvisors.com or simply search for the Kitchen Table Finance Podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. That's the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast, hosted by Shotwell Rudder Bear Financial Planners. What would you say is one of your greatest accomplishments? Yes, that's a that's a tough one. I think it might seem a little bit hokey, but just surviving COVID yes. for us, mm-hmm. it's not like a huge deal. That's not hokey at all. <laughs> yeah. That's well, major. It was, a, it was a tough moment. And it was one of those things that at the very beginning, you know, we're looking at the numbers and as slow as it was for a few months, thinking, oh, well, I don't know if we can survive more than maybe one or two months if it keeps going this way. And, you know, of course, we found ways to adjust and and we were very fortunate to have the support of the community throughout yes. that and made a huge difference for us. But the fact that we got through to the other side, I think gave us both a lot of confidence that no matter what came our way, I don't think anything is going to be as bad as that was. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. And our community, I mean, we really saw the true heart of our community in those moments because we were not okay. And we posted a video that, made Andrew very uncomfortable at the time. Uh, at yeah. the time. Um, but I'm glad we did because I was very vulnerable and, and I, I was like, we're not okay. And uh, this is what we need. Uh, we need pre-orders because baking, once you bake it, it's done. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't come to buy it, that's extra awful for us. Right. So sure enough, there were some incredible individuals in the community that went around to their neighbors and made spreadsheets of their orders and placed all these orders for multiple families, multiple homes, would come and pick it up and deliver it to their door. Wow. And it was every single week on, you know, this day or that day that these individuals would do that. And it just, it made it possible for us to endure and, and actually, yeah, thrive afterwards. And, you know, taking risks, you talked about taking risk and opening it, the vulnerability, people 
see that as risk takers and as business owners, we don't expose our vulnerabilities because we often. get the judgment of the rest <laughs> of the community. So hats off for you for taking that risk as well, because look what happened, look what evolved from it. So I think that's amazing. It's a great, that's, that's kudos to the community. And you said that one was in the Williamston was that or East Lansing or both locations at that time? That was both locations. Wow. Very heavily in East Lansing. Was, um, that's where it started. Was in yeah. East Lansing. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. You opened the original one in 2015. What year did you open the second one? It was the following September. So <laughs> okay. pretty, it was pretty quickly. It was okay. not um, my choice. <laughs> it, it, it was kind of an unusual circumstance where there was another uh, bakery that had mm-hmm. just opened at that location. And they actually decided to just call it a day after a few months. So we were very fortunate in the fact that we did not have to spend a whole lot of money to get that right. uh, second location to where we needed it to open. So we basically just kind of repainted and put a couple of signs up and we were basically ready to go. Otherwise, we would not have been able to do that after just a year. Uh, so it was a very fortuitous situation for us at the time. And you roast coffee at the Williamson? No, oh, we, we don't roast. We uh, partner oh, with okay. Foster Coffee okay. Company mm-hmm. uh, okay. and they do the private labels for nice. us. So white labels. Mm-hmm. And they have fantastic coffee. Oh, so yes. Foster. Yeah. And they've got great value. So. Well, one of the biggest achievements I was thinking of, which that was even better, was 2023 Greater Lansing Entrepreneur of the Year. Wow. Were you surprised? I wasn't. Oh, we were, yes. we were, you were <laughs> so surprised. You were. Yeah. Uh, so they do those at that gala when they, they do the awards banquet, they list off all the, you know, they go in order and you get the very last award as entrepreneur of the year. By the time they were ready to announce that we both thought, oh, well, we're there's like, no oh, way. There's no way. There's no you know, way. it's, you know, it's, it was great experience. We were very thrilled. I was very happy with just being there surrounded by amazing people achieving wonderful things. And I was like, well, this was, I was already going, oh, this was really nice. You know, the, I'm glad we did this. And and then they misspoke and said, this business has been in business for over 10 years. And we're like, nope, not us. Yeah. And then they continued. And that's when I think that made it extra surprising was after that. What has changed in your life since getting that? I mean, I know it's not been that long, but but what what is, has there been anything that's changed getting that? Type I mean, of recognition absolutely. since October, which is when the award mm-hmm. was announced. I think more than anything, it's just you know awareness of us and recognition in the community of of Groovy Donuts and what we've done and accomplished and the things we do for the community. So you know that's really like it, it feels really good to know that people consider us good entrepreneurs and yes. think what we're doing is is good for the community as well. So it really you know validates a lot of our efforts. Yeah. But as far as, I don't know, that's, that's the biggest thing I've noticed, just yeah. the, the awareness of, of what we've done and what we're doing. Yeah, and, and the connections that we've made with uh, some of those individuals who are there. We've been meeting with everyone uh, as much as possible. And I think that, you know, as an entrepreneur, I mean, whenever you are a small business owner, you don't really know if you're doing a good job or not. You don't have someone telling you right. mm-hmm. you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. If anything, you know, your customers who are satisfied are silent. Mm-hmm. You have a few that will give you kudos and the rest is people complaining, you know? And so it is, and in your, your employees too, they, no one thinks to thank the boss, 
you know, they don't, they don't thank the boss. They're just asking the boss for things. Mm-hmm. And again, if they're happy, they're not saying anything. So you don't know until something like this. And it was, I mean, it, it's been incredible. I mean, we were so shocked and, and I think that it's really raised a lot of awareness to our staff. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we already had a lot of retention and it, it now they're absolutely thrilled. They're like, yeah, we knew, we knew we were part of a good thing, but now we really know, oh, really yeah, know we're part of a good thing. That's really huge. And one yeah. thing I failed to mention, I think, is that we've also had the opportunity to network with and meet other business owners and entrepreneurs that we may not mm-hmm. have in you know, yes. normal course of life. So right. It's been a great right. opportunity to meet a lot of people and forge a lot of great relationships in the, in the Lansing area. And, you know, we've, I hear it from a lot of folks and I'm starting to really feel it, that it's like a, a big, small town. That's how it is. Always, always. You never know. It, it is. It's a big, small town. And we like to talk a lot about what to do around the surrounding areas. And when we opened up, because people forget about how great this area is and the things that there are to do. You were talking about the community Mm -hmm. and I know you have shared a lot of things that you do to give back to the community. Will you share with our listeners, what are some of the things that you guys do? Something that we've made a point of doing from the very beginning, even when we didn't have, you know, money or whatever to give is we didn't want to waste a single donor. That was something that really bugged the both of us, the thought of it going in a trash bag. So within the first week of business, we reached out to local food shelters and such, uh, food banks and shelters to figure out where we could take any leftovers. And from the first, I think the second week of business, we've donated to child and family charities. We've since formed relationships with like Saturday morning breakfast outreach, uh, punks with Mm -hmm. lunch. There's a few others that you might be able to speak to, but that's something that we've done from the very beginning. We've donated uh, donuts, gift cards, et cetera, to a lot of local organizations, uh, both nonprofit and school related and such. Uh, we think it's really important to do, you know, give what we can to the community that, that supports us because we wouldn't be here without them. Right. And, and, and when COVID hit one hand washed the other, right. You, yeah. You've done great things in the community and in return, they gave back to you. That's Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. That was really great to see the support from other business owners as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we were frequenting whenever we could other businesses yep. and they were doing the same in kind. And it was really, yeah, it's really great. Mm-hmm. The, the latest thing from a community perspective that we're really proud of is we did our inaugural day of giving. Mm -hmm. That's something where we wanted to try to do something a little bit unique, where instead of taking all these one-off requests, we figured, well, why don't we try to make a big event out of it and raise as much money as possible for a a select group of local nonprofits? So we selected five that we've worked with throughout the last several years Mm -hmm. and picked a day. It was November 30th this year. And we donated 100% of sales from that day to those five nonprofits. We paid our staff out of pocket. We wanted to try to get as much and as many people in the door. And we all, all that our customers had to do to help support this cause was buy donuts and coffee. Everything went to the nonprofits and we got such a big response from it. We're planning on making this an annual event. And hopefully we'll be able to add more nonprofits as we are able to raise more funds. Fantastic. So how do you vet your nonprofits? How do you choose which ones you want to include in some of those events? 
Well, that's a great question. I think, you know, we generally have a certain familiarity with some of the folks, you know, we, we typically know people when they ask us for, for uh, involvement in these sorts of things already. We try to find places that align with our values or support causes that, you know, we really believe in. So like Trial and Family Charities, for example, mm-hmm. they've been in the Lansing area for over a hundred years. They've been supporting uh, families and young people in need that entire time, giving people places to live or places to avoid living in a, a, a not great situation mm-hmm. at home and, mm-hmm. and other aspects. So, you know, that's just one great example of a place that I just couldn't think of a reason not to support them really. So I love it. They're a great organization. They really are awesome. Is there anything that we have not asked you about that you would like to share with the listeners? About locations while you're thinking about that, sure. where can we come and buy a groovy donut? Yeah. <laughs> we, we've got our, our original location right on Grand River in Williamston. It's uh, in that little plaza with the Little Caesars and Subway and such, right, okay. right before you get to downtown. And then the uh, East Lansing shop is on Lake Lansing Road, just west of Hagedorn. Yeah, we're thinking of a third location right now, but we haven't uh, gotten too far in the specifics there yet. That was going to be one of my questions. Are you Stay thinking tuned. about another location? Yeah, yes. absolutely. Uh, we're just still trying to make sure our foundation is solid mm-hmm. because one of the things that we know is, you know, if you expand too quickly, you can uh, stretch yourself financially or, you know, stretch your values, which we are not mm-hmm. willing to compromise right. on. So we want to make sure that our staff has great leaders. We're actually planning to promote from within. We've got some great um, candidates for that and so we're we're moving that forward as if we're going to have a third location at minimum. Well, as somebody who lives on the west side of this area in yes. Grand Ledge, I would love it if you would at least consider over there. Okay, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just saying, right? yeah, definitely giving that some very strong consideration. So that's one of the things at the top of the list for potential expansion is that yeah, that area, maybe the Saginaw corridor or something. Like yeah, that. that's one I've heard recently that that's one of the fastest growing areas in the in this area is that Saginaw corridor yeah, yeah it's blowing yeah. up over there yeah well that's like, my neck of the woods so but I, I will travel I will travel <laughs> all the way to Williamson for a groovy donut that's that's all right I mean donuts you know <laughs> how did you come up with the name yeah. oh it was great that's yeah. a fun one so yeah. I always considered a, a community donut shop like an old school concept mm-hmm. and it has a personal connection where I just love like the music and stuff from the 60s and 70s so I thought it'd be a fun way to connect those two concepts. You have kind of the old school vibe of a donut shop and then something to just make it fun. Yeah. And groovy just seemed like the right fit. It wasn't too wordy and it didn't, you know, it wasn't too much of a mouthful. It just sounded fun. I don't know. Yeah. We, kept, we tried to, I mean, we sat. We sat in front of hours. Yeah. We sat there for four hours and went and groovy came up in the first 45 minutes. And then we circled back to it. And we met through a coworker of mine and one of his college friends. And that night that we met, we talked for four hours and we listened to vinyl records, old school vinyl records of classic rock. So it's been part of what we've always enjoyed together. And so it was a natural fit. And hilariously enough, that was a tie-dye party. (laughs) perfect a really fun side effect of that is you know we'll play the music in the shop and Mm -hmm. um, when we have access to it we'll have like music videos and stuff playing as well and there's nothing quite as enjoyable as like you know when Jimi hendrix pops up 
you see like a five-year-old start bobbing. Oh, I love that. Like, I love you it. You know that they've never heard this before, but they know it's good and yeah. they like it. Yeah. Just, I love that. Yeah. I love it. So do you play vinyl in the in the donut shops? Don't currently. Well, that would currently. be a really great thing to add yeah. at some point. I you need a little fun. spot to set up a, yeah. a little vinyl station. Maybe that'd be fun. Yeah. Isn't the sound so different now? <laughs> I mean, when you start thinking of the digital music and <laughs> Josh is here from Risky Studios, he knows, but <laughs> you know, we got old vinyl and we pull them out and listen, but our, our record player is really old too. So maybe oh, yeah. that's a lot to it. My granddaughter's <laughs> like, you listen to that? I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> hilarious. I love it. I love it. It has been such a pleasure to speak with you today. But one of the last questions that we'd like to ask you is, who do you want to meet in the community? Who is somebody or a group of people that you would aspire to meet? That's a great question. And I don't know if I have a really specific answer for that. But I think in general, we always love meeting successful uh, business people and entrepreneurs in particular. Especially when they're very different from us. We'd like yes. to, you know, get a different perspective on things. And right. and honestly, also, uh, you know, anyone who is in their first five years of business. I, I, Andrew and I love talking to people who might need, you know, a different perspective themselves. Mm-hmm. So we like to see different perspectives and hopefully give different perspectives for different situations because we really believe in raising the sea. Yeah. And as business owners, we know that we we network and we take meetings and we get outside our office sometimes and we always need a place to go meet somebody for coffee or a donut or whatever. Yeah. So all of you entrepreneurs and business owners and thing, everybody out there listening, you know, consider Groovy Donuts for your next you know business meeting or something like that, either in Williamson or East Lansing. Right? Awesome. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you, you did ask us if there was anything else we wanted to mention and I had forgotten. We do have, I can't believe I did. Fat Tuesday is coming up. Yes. Oh, yes. That's like the big donut holiday for us. We're so excited for Poonchki Day. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Get your Poonchis there. Yep. I love Uh, it. A donut holiday. I love it. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Like, who can be upset eating a donut? Like, that's a, you know, (laughs) (laughs) makes everybody's day better. Here, have a donut. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Do you get super creative with yours or, you know, I... Um, we've got so many. Well, I guess the most creative one we have is like we have a creme brulee uh, that we started yeah. several years ago. And we actually did away with it for a while. And we heard enough clamoring for it to come back that we had to bring it back. Yeah, we brought it back it's last so year and everyone was like, you have to make these every year. We're like, OK, all right. So <laughs> we had to figure out a different system because, I mean, we cut over hand cut individually over 10,000 poochies last year. Wow. They're all hand cut. Yeah. So wow. his hand and all the the people on the East table were, their hands were just swollen afterwards. <laughs> and uh, we cook for three days nonstop. The kitchen does not stop for three days. We do a pre-order pickup on the Monday before Fat Tuesday so that you can, you know, because we don't want to make that many and then be old. Right. It's our biggest thing is fresh. Yeah, it's just insane. I mean, I enjoy it, but I also am. It's very stressful. <laughs> you enjoy it and then you love it when it's over. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And it's a, it's, so it's a, a very fun time. 
Wow. Great. Great. Thank you guys so much for coming down here and for being on our show. I knew the minute that I met you, I'm like, yeah, I want to hear more. And I could still ask a thousand more questions, but there's so many great things that you're doing. Thank you for what you are contributing to the community. Thank you for being here. And we look forward to staying tuned to next opportunity. That, that third location That's in Grand Ledge. Yeah. That'll be great. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, this has been great meeting you. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks so much to our listeners. And we also want to do, a, of course, a shout out to Risky Studios for having us uh, record here and partner with us on this great endeavor. And if you ever have a chance to come down and check out the studio, please do so. It's in East Lansing. So thank you so much to our guests for having here, for being here and talking to us about their groovy donuts. We release new episodes every Wednesday. You can find us at zdiamedia.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. And as always, please go out and make it an adventure. This is a Zedia Media production.